Hello and welcome to this episode of the Heart Podcast. My name is James Rudd. I'm the Digital Media Editor at Heart. And today on the podcast, we are talking heart valve disease and we're talking auscultation. And I'm discussing with Professor Bernard Prendergast his study recently published in Heart, which is all about the value of cardiac auscultation in an asymptomatic population and whether or not we should throw our stethoscope away. Stay tuned and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Perhaps I can start by asking you to introduce yourself for the Heart audience. I'm Bernard Prendergast. I'm uh, currently working as a clinical cardiologist at St. Thomas's Hospital in London. And the paper that we're discussing relates to the Oxvalve study, which I established in Oxford, UK, uh, in 2008, so 10 years ago. And the study entails a, a sub-study, which was examining the utility or otherwise of cardiac auscultation using a stethoscope when undertaken by general practitioners in primary care in comparison with the gold standard of echocardiography. And can you just start by telling us a little bit about the Oxvalve study, Bernard? Of course. The concept that we developed in 2008 was to perform a contemporary estimation of the epidemiology of heart valve disease in a prospective study for the first time and in the modern era of the 21st century of heart valve disease. So recognizing the fact that there were existing powerful retrospective epidemiological studies, predominantly from the USA, which had been performed using big echocardiographic databases in the 70s and 80s, which had provided landmark description of, of the epidemiology of heart valve disease at that time. But there was a recognition that things had changed in the interim, largely as a result of um, the rapid expansion of the aging population and also the increasing power of echocardiography. So we established a study uh, prospectively for the first time, whereby we took echocardiography into the community and we excluded patients with known heart valve disease and offered echocardiographic screening to asymptomatic elderly patients over the age of 65 years to detect the presence of what you might call silent heart valve disease, both um, clinically silent in terms of symptoms, but also clinically silent in terms of previous investigation, either initiated by the GP or in the hospital setting. So that was the rationale and the design of the study. And that was the Oxvalve study. And then within it, uh, we're now talking about the paper or the study that you published in Heart by Dr. Gardasi as the first author. What, what did that study entail? Well, the, just to briefly recap on um, what Oxvalve screening demonstrated effectively, because it provides the setting for the, the subsequent auscultation sub-study. But um, screening of the elderly population in the community firstly demonstrated that mild heart valve disease um, was very common, exceeding 50% in this population over the age of 65. But you could, you could point out clinically that this may not have any significant um, clinical impact. And then more importantly, 14%, 14 4%, 1 in 7 uh, individuals had moderate or severe uh, silent heart valve disease, which should arguably be of much more uh, important clinical consequence. 
So having detected that in a large number of patients, in fact, uh, the, the ultimate study entails just over 4,000 people in the community. So quite a large study, by even by epidemiological standards. We then wondered whether um, there would be cost-effectiveness of echocardiographic screening or even whether clinical screening by means of simple auscultation would be, would be of sufficient value. So we set out in a relatively small study to, to investigate this hypothesis. And what did you do in the nested sub-study, Bernard? So in, in simple terms, what we did was that we uh, took our, our echocardiography uh, machine and our trained echophysiologist into primary care. At the time of the study visit, uh, two things happened. One was the, the routine echocardiogram performed by the Oxfam physiologist, acquiring echocardiographic data, and in fact also recording the heart sounds electronically. And then blinded to that echocardiographic analysis, uh, a general practitioner, and one of two very experienced general practitioners, examined the patient blind to the echo findings and documented whether or not they thought there was a cardiac murmur consistent with significant heart valve disease. And we then performed, uh, obviously, a comparative analysis of the, the auscultation findings and the clinical suspicion of heart valve disease alongside the, the, the gold standard of echocardiography. And this was done in a subset of 250 patients within the larger Oxfam study. Okay, and just to recap, so there were, as you say, 250 patients with no symptoms, but all over 65 and no prior diagnosis of heart valve disease. And you were comparing Correct. auscultation by an experienced uh, primary care doctor with a gold standard of echocardiography. Exactly. And uh, what were the headline results of the study, Bernard? Well, the rather disappointing uh, results of the study are... are was that auscultation is not useful in this setting. Uh, and of course, that uh, potentially undermines our long-standing clinical training and our faith in the value of auscultation of the heart as a diagnostic tool. So specifically, um, the detection of heart valve disease was similar uh, to the wider cohort, as you would predict. So mild valve disease in this subset uh, was present in 68% and significant valve disease in 14%, 1-4%. So those findings were pretty consistent with the larger ox valve community. But the sensitivity of auscultation for the diagnosis of mild valve disease was extremely low, only 32%. And even for moderate to severe or significant heart valve disease was a little higher at only 44%. And the specificities were equally uh, disappointing at 67 and 69% respectively. The only um, positive aspects to emerge was that there was a signal that auscultation was perhaps more, more powerful in very slim subjects. So patients with a body mass index of less than 25 kilograms per meter squared. So perhaps auscultation is better in non-obese individuals. And also the fact that uh, auscultation had a reasonably good negative predictive value. So the presence of normal heart sounds 
reasonably strongly predictive of the absence of, echo, uh, of echocardiographic evidence of valve disease. So in other words, GPs are quite good at being confident saying there is no valve disease, but they're not as good with their stethoscope as saying that there may or definitely be significant valve disease. I understand. And I think before we, uh, shall we say, uh, blame or criticize those that were listening to the recordings and doing the examination uh, in a provocative editorial, uh, Professor Otto, editor of this journal, also states that numerous studies have shown that uh, even advanced training in cardiology does not really improve uh, skills in this area. Absolutely. And, and there is a wider um um, set of literature which we actually cite in the discussion of our paper which goes beyond cardiologists actually and looks at um, pediatricians screening for heart murmurs in newborns and in young children and also in general physicians both in the, the general ward setting and in the intensive care unit that in fact that the stethoscope is a disappointingly uh, weak tool for the detection of heart valve disease in, in all of these settings. So what's the next step, Bernard? How can, we, um, how can we learn something and draw conclusions from this work? So um, the way we've constructed our thoughts is that we recognize that uh, this is an asymptomatic community. So um, it may well be that um, the diagnostic precision would be greater in patients with cardiac symptoms. So we've used the paper as a call to clinicians widely to highlight the role of heart valve disease in patients with cardiac symptoms, so classically breathlessness or angina or exertional dizziness should prompt uh, the question of heart valve disease. And it may well be that the detection of a murmur in symptomatic patients would be, would be a more reliable tool. That's the first important message. The second important message that we drew from the Oxal study widely is that the presence of atrial fibrillation is actually a strong marker of silent heart valve disease. In fact, there's a threefold higher prevalence of heart valve disease in patients with atrial fibrillation than in those with sinus rhythm. So cardiac auscultation in all patients with atrial fibrillation in the, in the primary care community setting, we would argue, is also an important um, clinical assessment, which might increase our uptake of valve disease at an early stage. And then finally, as reflected in Professor Otto's editorial, we maybe need to move beyond auscultation as our primary diagnostic tool. And she makes a very uh, powerful call to, the, um, to bring about greater availability and greater training in the use of focused echocardiography uh, in the community setting to allow diagnosis at an earlier stage. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, the, the call that she makes for not only point-of-care ultrasound, but also a widespread uh, screening program in individuals thought to be at high risk, such as the ones you mentioned, older people over the age of 65, perhaps with risk factors. That's right. So this is a discussion we, we've actually had at health economic level with um, representatives of the, the UK Department of Health, for example. And the argument that we would make as clinicians is that some uh, manifestations of bowel disease, particularly aortic stenosis, have very important prognostic uh, bearing and indeed have an outlook that's worse than many cancers. 
And while screening for cancer is a very accepted um, healthcare intervention in most developed uh, systems, we have not as yet constructed the argument for uh, screening for heart valve disease, uh, indeed many other aspects of heart, valve, heart disease. The issue, I think, is that um, echocardiography is a relatively specialized tool and um, we also have a diff we already have a difficulty with resources uh, to provide echocardiographic services in hospitals and to develop the availability in a wider community primary care setting would be very challenging um, and would, would place financial pressures as well as clinical pressures to achieve um, adequate delivery. And I suspect we'd also need a large uh, outcome study showing that such a screening program was was useful before it would be, uh, you know, even thought to be funded. Exactly, and I think, you know, being being realistic and pragmatic, it's unlikely that there would be funding available to perform such a study, uh, particularly in a country like the UK, which has many other significant healthcare challenges and budgetary um, constrictions. And Bernard, just to think of creative ways around that problem of resourcing widespread uh, echo and ultrasound in the community. Are there any blood-based biomarkers that you're aware of that might be useful in things like uh, aortic stenosis for predicting that mm. particular valve disease? So there are none which are specific to heart valve disease, which is one of the potential problems. Um, we have established a, a, a serum biobank uh, within Oxal, which we haven't yet interrogated because there's very active research going on internationally currently trying to identify new biomarkers. And we want to wait until we have um, sufficient pinpoint accuracy to, to perform our own analysis. There are other non, more non-specific biomarkers which are of uh, relevance in heart valve disease. For example, um, plain old BNP, uh, which of course is already well developed in the field of heart failure. And there's also some very nice research that's come out of Edinburgh looking at the role of high-sensitivity troponin assays in guiding management for patients with aortic stenosis. So I think it's a, a watch-this-space answer to this question. That there are uh, established and emerging biomarkers which may be of merit but haven't yet been fully investigated in the field of heart valve disease. And so I guess the last obvious question is, are you still using your stethoscope regularly, Professor Prendergast? <laughs> well, of course I am, because I'm, I'm a clinical cardiologist when it comes to it. And um, the stethoscope is useful, um, not only as a, as a diagnostic tool, but as part of our clinical uniform when we encounter patients. Um, I think we've learned that it has perhaps limited utility in asymptomatic patients in primary care as a screening tool for heart valve disease by virtue of this study. But I certainly wouldn't be in a rush to throw it away yet on my ward rounds. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much indeed for your time, Professor. And uh, I will put links to the paper and also to the main Oxvalve study uh, in the show notes so everybody can go and read them. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, James. Music.